The Life, Love, and Leadership Podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne, and we're delighted to have you with us for another exciting episode of Life, Love, and Leadership. Yes, indeed. If this is your first time listening, welcome to The Party, a word of advice. You might need a notebook for this podcast because in between all the laughing, we tend to drop some real nuggets, tips, tools, and resources you can use in life, love, and leadership. Mm. So grab a pen or hit the subscribe or follow button so you can come back to it later and not miss a single beat. What is the teaching topic for the day, hubby? Well, today we have a hot topic. We're talking about getting beyond grudges. Ooh. Yeah, getting beyond grudges. Grudges can be huge in relationships. It, it, it can be a barrier to uh, really moving forward when you're holding on to something from the past. Do you hold grudges? I'd absolutely, I hold grudges. <laughs> but pray for me. He's not through with me yet. I'm working on it. Do I hold grudges? All the time. Do I hold grudges? Let me repeat it. Ladies and gentlemen, all the time. <laughs> I object to that. Okay. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if I hold grudges or not. You absolutely hold grudges. I need to think about this. Okay. Think about it. Pray about it. Ask a friend. I would like to think that I am not a grudge holder. I try really hard not to be a grudge holder. You know, it is difficult to self-identify as somebody who holds grudges because, you know, we like to uh, hold ourselves in the best positive light. And so, yes, I get that about you. But let me help you as your full length mirror (laughs) in your life, as the full length mirror in your life. You are definitely I'm starting to see it. It's starting to it's starting to come down now. Like I can definitely see me holding a few grudges Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. other people. Yeah. Do I hold grudges with you, though? Uh, Again, I'm going to say it louder for the people in the back. Whatever. Just move on. Yes. (laughs) So that's going to be an exciting topic for us to dive into. We're already pretty amped about that. Okay. Uh, But before we get too far along the the, the street. Yeah, yeah. Before we get too far down the street, let's find out what's going on uh, in your mind. What's on the in your mind segment? Oh, um, oh, I love this segment. This is where I get to talk about random relationships stuff, right? Okay. Um, I'm feeling good. Mm. My feng shui is getting back in order. Uh, Got the kids back off to school. Uh, Have the house to ourselves again. Things are slowly starting to feel like the new normal again. Yes. Um, You know, like I call this stage where we are as parents empty Mm (laughs) nest-ish. Because it's only empty during the fall and the spring, and then it's back full or partially full, you know, in the summers and holidays. Mm-hmm. So literally for like the last six years, it's been nothing but change in our life. So right. our firstborn left and then we got used to the new normal was having two children instead of three, which we'd had for 18 years. And then, uh, well, not 18 years, I guess. However long the Mm. youngest is a long time for three kids. And then we got used to, you know, our oldest 
being gone. And then the second one left. And so we were just the three of us, right? Which mm-hmm. was really weird because we'd never had just one child before. Right. And then the firstborn came back. And so we had two boys and I didn't have a girl anymore, which was really sad. That was dramatic for you. It was sad. Yeah. Um, and then the youngest left, uh, right? And so then we just had our adult in the basement. <laughs> it's like, it's just been change, change, change. change. Always adjusting. So um, now we're back to complete empty nest. And, you know, so I'm feeling, you know, starting to level out and getting used to this new normal until Thanksgiving. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I think about the changes that we went through, uh, it, it always was interesting because when we dropped the first one off, I always felt sorry for the kid because I'm like, they're detaching from the family, but we're going back just minus one. <laughs> but we still have a nucleus oh. kind of going back. And so, you know, it always uh, was a little different that way. Oh, you felt sorry for them. I did. I always felt sorry for the kid. And then, they didn't seem to feel sorry, though. They didn't. They was like, <laughs> see ya. God bless yeah, you. Our daughter was a little sad, but for yeah. the most she part. She made the- a speech. That was crazy, right? <laughs> Citizens of Painville. That was a defense mechanism. (laughs) She's a drama queen. It was totally a defense mechanism. But she literally like stood up on the steps and was like, family, gather around. It was so hilarious. Have no fear. I will do well. Exactly. And then she bawled her eyes out. It was it was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> and then she partied nonstop, nonstop, clearly for the whole first year at the football stadium more than football team. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So anyway, feeling good about that. And um, what else? So oh, I want to talk about this. Um, interesting feedback we just got mm. from a shopper so we were shopping and for you actually mm-hmm. like and it happened to also be like back to school shopping time mm. so um, a lot of back to school shopping happening and we were getting you new jeans because you needed them because your jeans were all too big and I have been fussing at you about that team losing weight don't hate <laughs> <laughs> I do hate because it's it's really not fair that you just keep losing weight. Everybody got a story. This your story. Right? I mean, it's it's <laughs> just not fair. Like we were like on the weight thing, doing it, you know, both losing weight. And then we got off track and we've been off track, but you're still losing weight. And I just don't understand. That's because I've been more on track than you've been on track. I, I see what you eat, though, and I just don't think that that's the case we both have altered our lifestyle but like the altered lifestyle for you result you get better results from the altered lifestyle that's still not as healthy as we like to be Mm. than I do that's just like it's just not fair but um, I'm gonna get my life together I'm working on it Mm -hmm. after vacation but anyway so we're in the store buying jeans I leave you in the jeans section to get the smaller jeans for a second I come back you're standing there looking helpless (laughs) because they don't have the jeans in your current size Mm. and I'm just like you were supposed to get them in the smaller size, but you didn't want to get the smaller size. Well, it was a different cut. So they had made some adjustments to the cut of the jeans. So you have to try it and see if that cut difference is going to impact fit. But we already knew you needed smaller jeans. So fortunately, here comes the sales 
rep. Susie the sales rep, yes. <laughs> to help us. She confirms that this particular cut has some stretch and they tend to run large. Mm-hmm. So you trust her over me. I don't know why. We get the smaller size, go in the dressing room. How about because she specializes in jean fit? <laughs> but I specialize in you. I but you don't specialize you in jean fit. Whatever. So... <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) you're in the dressing room. So I'm sitting next to a gentleman. And while you were in the dressing room, his daughter, presumably his daughter comes out and it was like kind of awkward. So she's probably somewhere between maybe, I don't know, 13 to 15 ish. Mm -hmm. So she comes out in her jeans for her dad to see. And she's standing there. He's sitting there. They're both looking awkward. They're not saying anything. And then dad is just kind of like, well, I think they're too tight, right? And so she had on skinny jeans. And so I I just kind of sneered at dad a little bit. I was like, mm. and, you know, trying to help daughter out. Mm. And I was just like, I was like, well, they're skinny jeans. She's got some give in them. I was like, do you like them? I think they're okay. They didn't ask me, but they look like they needed help. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I kind of helped him. We talked about the jeans a little bit. She was like, I don't know. And I was like, I think they're a good fit. And so he he was like, well, OK, if she says so. It was actually kind of it was it was kind of sad. I don't know if it was their first time shopping or what the story was, mm-hmm. but they needed a, a mother's touch. And then you come out, you know, mm-hmm. with your jeans and they're too big. So we got the smaller size and they're still too big. So I'm like telling you go down another size. Exactly. So I'm like, you know, dealing with you, we get, you know, another size. And so apparently the the gentleman is watching our interaction. And mm-hmm. so you go back in, his daughter's in, and he asks me how long we'd been together. So I told him, you know, 24 years. And he was like, you can always tell the relationships that will last because it's the friendship. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. Wow. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, you know, that he saw in mm. us or our interaction. Cause I was just like annoyed because well, you were just so difficult for no reason. Well, I, I think uh, what he probably saw and I've, I've heard this feedback before is, you know, couples who just kind of uh, have good energy together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell they genuinely enjoy uh, being in each other's company, playful, And I think that's probably some of what he picked up on. Mm -hmm. So he caught us on a good day, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Because I think, you know, if he could have caught us at a restaurant having angry chew. Angry (laughs) chew. (laughs) Would have been like. Right. So uh, they're not going to make it. The the (laughs) server at the restaurant would have had a completely (laughs) different perspective on the relationship. They're like, these two are in trouble. got us on a good day (laughs) but I I thought that that was really interesting about the friendship component Mm. and that it is nice to be friends Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we argue about oh there we go with the word again (laughs) we have healthy debates Um, and that's funny because when we get to the fight of the week we're actually going to healthy debate today Mm. Um, but we argue about whether or not you are my best friend or Mm. not because I have a real best friend and well, if you have a real best friend, I guess I'm not your best friend. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> what are we investigating? What are we debating? It's settled. So, I mean, like, 
Yes. Like we are amazing friends and you're the first person I call like for everything unless you're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) So I think by virtue of that fact, you cannot be my best friend. That's not true because you could call me and be like, listen, I want to talk to the the Dr. Jane department to talk about Jane. (laughs) That don't make sense. (laughs) So it's like you like have a special. I tell I say this actually with my daughter all the time. And I'm like, I'm not your friend. I'm your mom. And Mm. that's like a special kind of friend. But I'm your mom. So like, yes, we're friend ish. Mm. But if you act up, I reserve the right to go back to being your mama. Mm -hmm. So I'm your wife, which is a special kind of friend. So like it's better than being best friends, I think. Mm. Ooh, see there? Okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. Now now you got your own special friend bucket. I'm your wife. Yes, we already knew that, but this whole best friend thing, though. I know. So, yeah. Anyway. Case closed. I thought that that was really cool, that Mm. energy and friendship apparently shows up. Mm. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. it's, It's visible to see it, and... Yeah, he saw it. You appreciate seeing a good time. Mm. Even like even when you were when you're when you're with your girlfriends or with your guy friends or whatever, that you can have that same kind of energy and it shows up in a marriage. Yep. It's pretty cool. I agree. That's what's on my mind. All right, cool. All right, so it is time for the fight of the week, Mm. um, our favorite segment. And this one is a little unconventional again. Um, Might call it a love quarrel Mm. this week. Okay, all right, I'll (laughs) go with it. Or just a healthy debate. I'm calling it vow renewal versus hardwood floors. So we are planning a vow renewal for our 25th anniversary next year. And before I jump into the quarrel or the debate, I just have to say, wow, (laughs) either a lot has changed in the wedding industry or I just did not know the game because I had zero knowledge of how expensive this thing was going to be Mm. (laughs) when we got married. You know, we had zero dollars, so I just didn't, I just didn't, I didn't know about planners and flowers and venues and stuff, caterers mm. and decor and chairs and rentals and linens. It's and, pricey. It's oh pricey. Oh my gosh. And I was like all excited about having this amazing event. But the price tag just kept going up and up and up. And the wrinkles in your forehead just kept getting deeper and deeper. So we had to have a serious heart to heart about it because it was just kind of getting out of control. And, you know, in earnest, for me, the vow renewal wasn't so much about the event itself. Like Mm -hmm. I really, really wanted to like we're at this stage in life where, you know, our children are young adults, they're soon to be graduates, all of them will be graduating and kind of going off into the world. We don't know where they will be. 
Um, but right now we kind of, they're all, you know, within proximity and we can, you know, have an event where they can all attend. I have a amazing niece. I have one niece, one nephew, you know, there'll be three and four. So it's like our family in and of itself is like a wedding in a box, mm. you know, and it seems like our extended family only gets together for funerals. Mm -hmm. And so I just really wanted to celebrate the milestone um you know most of our parents you know our, our my grandparents who raised me and and you know your dad my dad um are deceased your mom is still living like I just wanted to capture this moment in time yeah and, and I got that uh when we were talking about it you know the importance of trying to capture the moment in time I heard that but what kept resonating for me was the math <laughs> Uh, and so just being very, you know, pragmatic about it, I'm like, you know, this is uh, quite an investment in an event. Uh, and, you know, I definitely was not on board. But it's not the event, it's the memory. <laughs> yeah, that's the, a lot. Oh, and then let's not even talk about the, the price of photographers and videographers. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, the, so to the capture it because that's really important. Like, I want the photos because that's what will last. But man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pricing can be pretty astronomical. So I think when you brought when, when when I entered the conversation, you know, my immediate mind just went to the math and how much this would cost and whether or not you know it, it made sense to spend this much money on an event. We definitely had some good dialogue and discussion you stop about calling it an event. Like I think, you know, you got to call it a, a milestone or a memory or like no. event seems so insignificant. Mm. Well, I'm not challenging the significance of it. I think it's significant, Okay, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to get with you on. <laughs> it's a milestone. Yes, it is a milestone. Uh, you know, quarter of a century is a milestone, no doubt about it. It's technically a milestone, but when you are uh, it, also quarter of a century takes away from it as well. Suffice it to say, <laughs> we just have different language about the same event, and it's okay. We have different language about the same event, and it is okay. You do want to marry me again, though, right? You know what? Uh, of course I want to marry you again. But I was looking on social media and it was some people you could literally go to the justice of the peace and you can get a vow renewal at the justice of the peace. Did you know that? She's looking at me with a blank stare right now. Wow. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So I was listening to his concerns about the finances while still wanting to have my milestone, um, once in a lifetime event. Um, and we, we basically have had this kind of negotiation process that we use when it comes to money stuff. So we took to that process and what it looks like is in our budget spreadsheet, we keep this running wish list mm -hmm. of projects and things that we want to do. So it's just this long laundry list of stuff like it's a Rolex watch, for example, is on the list for him and hardwood floors is on the list for us. So, you know, it's just a long list of personal luxury items or home improvement things, stuff. So the vow renewal is on the list. So we went to the laundry list and we hadn't visited the list in a while. And so what we did and what we do is we personally rank 
the items in terms of priorities for ourselves individually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do my ranking. He does his ranking. And then we do like a show and tell. So we come and we present our rankings. We talk about why we put stuff the way we put it. And we listen to the other person to understand their ranking and their perspective. Then we agree on like a decision-making format to figure out how are we going to take this from our individual rankings to a joint ranking of priority. And the goal, obviously, of course, on my list, the vow renewal was number one. We also have like eliminating debt and hardwood floors were like kind of the top three things. And yes, for me, vow renewal was before eliminating debt. Don't judge me. It's important to me. And I think yours, obviously, eliminating debt, vow renewal was probably like number 16 on your list. Yeah, it was then, it was up there. <laughs> it was up there. Hardwood floors was in the top and hardwood floors is in the top ranking for me as well. So I think you suggested that we like just take an average, you know, your score, my score and average it. And that when I was like, I don't think that will work. And you were like, well, what do you suggest? And I was like, well, I didn't have a suggestion. So we took your route. That didn't work because we had like three top threes or something like that. So we still had to eventually come back and talk about it. I actually don't think we ever finished it because it was one of those things where it didn't have to be solved today. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of an ongoing discussion. And ultimately, Mm. we're going to do the vow renewal. (laughs) So it really didn't matter. But or I mean, it doesn't matter. And I think we talked about it and we kind of I think we probably finished the list. And vow renewal wasn't on the list, but I still put it back on the list. (laughs) Like, it's just a thing that just has to happen. And so we're still kind of negotiating about the budget and what that will be. But I think that going through that whole process has, like, helped me come down from the Oprah-esque kind of event Mm. to something more practical. And, you know, basically... Vow renewal versus hardwood floors. Vow renewal wins and hardwood floors come when we get a sponsor. Well, <laughs> it, it, it was healthy for us to kind of process through it that way. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the vow renewal for me, again, I, I, I plugged into our concept of twos and tens. Mm. Um, for you, it's, it's something that is like really, really, really important. I don't have to have a vow renewal. But it's important to you. And so I'm, you know, I'm trying to uh, or I'm working to bring myself over to you to give you what you want in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but at an expense that I feel is I, I can feel is responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that's how it shook out for us uh, in this scenario. Uh, me again. Uh, bringing myself over to her. You got to get to some episodes where you bring yourself to me. I think I think I'm coming over to you too much. Is is that what you think? I'm just watching the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 do know that you proposed to me again, right? Yes. Did I make you do that? Uh, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> relationship is that basically what we learning now i'm like but proposing to you again does not suggest no you do not get to just say that and move on i absolutely do because proposing to you and giving you an upgrade in your ring that is 
voila. Hello. <laughs> you won. <laughs> that does not say, you know, let's do this. This is so super extravagant. Interesting. So like ladies, <laughs> like you do you see how like the most romantic gestures in the world can just be rained on? <laughs> Like, it's terrible. This is, it's, it's fascinating. So this man surprised me um, when our children, uh, the last of, when our youngest son went to college last year, that's when we became officially empty nest ish. And um, it actually happened by happenstance. We were supposed to take a family trip to Disney world. We were the five, actually like the 10 of us were going. It was the first time we'd done a multi-generation trip because my daughter was going to do an internship or a semester at Walt Disney Company. And she ended up changing her mind. And so that affected the ability for us to go. So that like canceled the whole trip for everybody. So now we're I've been putting all this stock in planning into this family trip and getting my son off to college and just like all this energy went into family stuff and other people basically for the whole year. And now all of a sudden it's time and there's nothing there. So I am just kind of exhausted and everybody's gone. And so I was just, you know, feeling sad. <laughs> and it occurred to me that, um, and it was, you know, our anniversary time is around this time of year. Um, and so I was just like, why don't we just take a trip? And I realized that we could afford to take an international trip. Um, the price for two of us to go to Italy was the same price for five of us to go to Florida. And so we went to Italy. So this man surprises me in a garden, like the most beautiful garden that where a guy was like serenading, <laughs> um, you know, what a wonderful world. Mm -hmm. um, and I turn around, he is on one knee with this amazing new rock that I was completely, completely surprised. No clue about. And here we are one year later. And he like, I don't want no vow renewal. You made me propose to you. And I'm just like. <laughs> I never said you made me propose to you. I'm I like, how do you take the romantic gesture away? But this is like real relationship, real marriage right here. Like, right. So, you get the moment and then they take it away. Like, No, just... you got the moment. You got the rock. Do we have to have this elaborate Oprah-esque no, it does not have to be Oprah-esque, but it does have to be Marissa Cupane-esque, which is darn close. Hey. <laughs> Translation expensive as all get out. So, yeah, so that is um, this week's love quarrel. Not necessarily a fight of the week. You just never know. Life in real love is adventurous and the debates are numerous. Sometimes they're knockdown, drag out. Sometimes they're philosophical. Um, sometimes we agree. Sometimes he drops the rope. Sometimes I drop the rope. He claims he does it more yeah. than I do. That's it's a, so it's a, debatable. It's a, it's a fluid situation. It's, just, <laughs> it's a fluid situation. But Ever um, evolving. I'm excited about the vow renewal. Yes. And you are going to love it. 
Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee I will show up. I will be there. You got it. So the topic of the day today uh, is getting beyond grudges. And I think this is such an important topic for couples, uh, because if you're not careful, you can have, you know, so much buildup of things that didn't work well uh, or that you didn't appreciate about something your spouse said or did in the relationship. And there's always this carryover. And I can recall times in our relationship uh, where it could be, you know, you said something uh, to me and I was upset about it and I didn't address it at the time. I held it as a grudge. And then we could be a month later and you say something else and I just explode at you and, you know, uh, and vice versa, because the grudge, the offense is there uh, and it's never been addressed, it's never been talked about. So I think, you know, this idea of dealing with grudges and uh, getting beyond grudges in your relationship is critical. What do you think about that? I agree. They're big and they're often silenced. Mm. That's that's the hard part. Like you cannot fight a fight that you don't know you're fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's really the hard part about grudges. Um to the person who's sort of that you're holding the grudge against. And when you're holding grudges, like you said, you know, it's really hard for me to admit that I hold grudges. Mm. We don't like to see ourselves in that kind of light, Mm -hmm. especially if we're, you know, Christian or we have moral values and that sort of thing. We know in general that that's not a good thing. Sure. But we hold on to baggage like we try not to keep score, but we do keep score Mm -hmm. or we're hesitant because of what you did last time. Or, you know, I I say this when we talk a lot. Anytime you catch yourself saying you always or you never, Mm. that's a good sign you holding a grudge. Mm. I agree. I agree. Like I just said, and I think our last segment that I'm coming over to your side more times than you're coming over to my side. Uh-oh. I'm keeping score. Ooh. I'm keeping score. Aww. And I'm ahead in this game, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate you acknowledging that. Sure. That's awesome. Sure. So there, there are three uh, distinct things we want to talk about with respect to uh, getting beyond grudges. And I think the first thing that you have to consider to really work beyond grudges is you have to release the right to hold them hostage or hold your your partner hostage. Uh, mm. Even if you are technically right about a scenario, you definitely have to release the right to hold them hostage. There's an old adage that uh, old wise man had been married for uh, over 50 years shared with us a long time ago uh, that basically says uh, when you're right, the key, well, he said the key to surviving in marriage and thriving in marriage uh, is when you're wrong, admit it. And when you're right, shut up. Mm. Sound advice sound advice, uh, advice I definitely uh, wish I would have used in some scenarios in my marriage, but uh, it's it's definitely sound advice. You know, it's not over. It's not over. And, and so I try to apply it now. Okay. I'm like, you like, you wish you would have. I'm like, did I pass away? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Am I a ghost? You are not here? a ghost. Okay. You are not a ghost. Thank goodness. The second one is to forgive the offense. Uh, and I think this is big uh, because getting to a place of forgiveness uh, and being willing to, uh, I think, release them, even if they are not actively seeking forgiveness. I think it, it's important mm. to understand that forgiveness is really more about setting yourself free. 
than it is them. And so definitely working to forgive the offense. Because it's heavy. Mm. Like holding grudges is heavy. Yes. On your soul, on your spirit, on your body. Even when you don't necessarily realize it, like it, you carry it around like a backpack Mm -hmm. because it takes energy to maintain offense against someone. Um, You know, like when you're not speaking to your partner in the house, it's heavy. Mm. Right. And so, yeah, like you said, forgiveness is not for them It's for you so that you don't have to be heavy. Mm. It's like drop the rope, like let it go. Let go of the tug of war so that you can be light and free and happy and at peace. Because otherwise you walking around with weights on your shoulder and life is too short for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then that third leg is to really trust and to try again, uh, really extending the grace uh, to them to fully reconnect and to fully uh, re-engage. The only way really to survive, because you're going to be disappointed uh, in your relationship, you're going to have situations where uh, there's a gulf in between what you expect and what you experience. And so recognizing the need to release, forgive, and trust again uh, in order to to have a lasting union is going to be critical in, in marriage and in relationship. Okay, but wait, I got a question. Mm-hmm. So you said release the right to hold them hostage, which yep. I do think is pretty powerful because it's like you offended me or you did something wrong to me. So I have the right. I'm entitled to be angry mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. So you want me to let go of my right, right? Relinquish my right. Then you want me to forgive them whether they ask for forgiveness or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you want me to trust them. But what if they don't ask for forgiveness or what if they haven't admitted what they've done? How am I supposed to trust somebody again that hasn't done right or repented or reconciled with me? Mm. Good question. One of the key words you mentioned there uh, is repentance. So repentance is the action of going in the opposite direction in which you came. So we're assuming that the person has not done that. Uh, as the as the the person in relationship with them, uh, my counsel would be this: that you want to pray for them, uh, that you want to uh, kind of ask God to expose to them the spaces uh, in their lives where they may have offended you, uh, or where the breach may have occurred, uh, and that you want to uh, ask God to kind of be. Uh, your defense mechanism and touching their heart, touching their mind, touching their spirit uh, and making them aware uh, of the offense and bringing them back to you. And that's something I think that we both have seen in our own relationship. There was a point in our relationship where we were disconnected and I noticed that you stopped fighting so much and you started praying more. When you disengaged from the fighting and started praying more, it was remarkable how I think God's spirit started kind of working on me and convicting me of my errors in judgment and my errors in our relationship and really brought me back to a place of balance. And I started repenting and asking for your forgiveness for things that I never would have done had you been fighting me and arguing with me uh, and whatnot. And so I think the scripture is true when it talks about you can win him without a word. So it's not so much in your argument, but it's in your uh, submission to God and to prayer and allowing God to kind of be Uh, the conduit that fights that battle for you. Yeah, we cannot do it on our own accord. Mm -hmm. Like on our own, 
we're just not wired. Humans <laughs> with our own will and spirit, we're just not wired to be these perfect beings that would be required to interact with another human, to mm -hmm. forgive them for everything they do that wrongs us. Like there might be somebody out there. And if you out there, please, by all means, Facebook us because we want to meet you. Right. But on our own accord, like we're human and it's hard to forgive and keep loving and keep liking someone that hurts your feelings mm -hmm. or steps on your toes or we're just not designed to do it on our own. So you definitely need to tap into spirit to give you what you need in order to do that. Like it takes a superpower <laughs> Amen. in order to do that. And the thing I think that makes it easy is that easier is the realization that we require it ourselves. Mm. So if you get off judgment seat long enough to see yourself and, you know, the imperfection that you bring to that relationship and probably six or seven other relationships, mm. then it's a little easier for you to let down the guard a little bit, get off the high horse um, to kind of let that go. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think that there are a couple things that come up for me. One is kick the dog syndrome. And the other one is, and I don't know if other people are like this, but for me, I am hardest on the people closest to me. Mm. The people closest to me are the ones that can hurt me the most and where my guards and walls go up the highest mm. if I'm hurt. And that's because they are in the closest with me. I am most vulnerable with you, with my children, with my sister, because you are closest to me. So the further out you are, so a coworker, right, or a client of mine, if they, I don't hope, that's why I was having a hard time because I was like, I do not hold grudges, you know, because I was thinking further out, right? Those relationships that don't matter, that aren't close to me, mm. it's easy to let that stuff go, right? And so sometimes we get into the trap of saying, oh, I would never do that, you mm. know, or what have you. Like it hasn't hit close enough yet, maybe. But like, so those external relationships, they're not close enough. But the closer you get to me, mm -hmm. right, you can hurt me harder mm. <laughs> or more severely the closer you are to me because yep. my guard is down. And then once you do that, then it's like, oh, I don't ever want to experience that again. Mm -hmm. Right. So it takes some time. And I don't know if you included that, but it, you know. It does take time to heal, but even still recognizing that you are not perfect and someone forgives and forgives you that you have to do that. The other thing is the kind of kick the dog syndrome. So like mm. you said, when I start praying, the universe like conspires, right, <laughs> to so you'll start hearing the same thing that I say or would say you'll hear it at work from a supervisor or in a performance review or you'll hear it, you know, with a friend and they're just joking. Right. And you guys are like kicking it and then they'll say something. And it's like, where did you know, did you talk to my wife? You know, like that kind of thing. And I haven't said anything. Right. And so you have like a, an opportunity to respond to it where it's like you could get angry. So you got it at work and then you got it here. And so then you come home and it's like you're angry at me. But. You know, so it's like you come home and kick the dog because that's like the last place to do it. 
Or you can accept that mm, mirror. It's actually something that I have to change in me. And so I think that that's what you were talking about. That mirror was showing up for you and you were like, mm, dang, I see it now. I've got to actually do something about it. Mm hmm. So getting beyond grudges, again, those three, release the right to hold them hostage. Number two, forgive the offense. And lastly, trust again. So this week's uh, question of the week comes in. It says, how long do I wait for a ring? Uh, my boyfriend and I have been dating for four years. We're both over 40 and I'd like to get married. How long should I wait on this relationship? Interesting question. What do you say about that? Mm, inquiring minds want to know. I feel like it's been like, how long, how long, how long mm. um, the last few episodes. So I'm assuming you are in good communication with your guy or that would be the goal. And as usual, coach has more questions than answers. I don't ever think it's a time period, right? It can be six months and you know when you know and it's done. If it's been four years, um, I'm assuming there's a reason. I mean, I think over 40, does it take four years to get to know a person and to decide that you're ready to make the commitment? It could, mm -hmm. you know, the first question is, you want to be married. Does does he want to be married? Right. <laughs> and that's something that you want to know up front or early into the relationship. And if you don't know, then this could go on, you know, yeah. for a long time. If you didn't have that conversation early on and, and maybe you were OK with the casual, you know, relationship initially. And that has evolved. Mm -hmm. Um but marriage is something that you talk about. Absolutely. Like this whole sit or sit and wait for him to bring it up or wait for the proposal. And you've never talked about it is preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in a marriage, you speak and advocate for your needs and your wants. I think you do that in your relationship. So I think you would need to be having some conversation. And so I think that when relationships go a long time, that there's stuff there, mm. you know? So what's the stuff? Is it money stuff? Is it blended family stuff? Is it previous relationship, previous baggage stuff? Um, like what is the person you're dating looking for? Do they want to be married? If so, what does that look like for him? And what does it look like for you? And of course, I'm a big, bad advocate in getting into pre-marriage counseling or coaching as soon as possible, because that can be the space where you talk and process what a healthy relationship and healthy marriage might look like. And it's never too early to do that. If you're thinking you're going in that direction, you can start that process ASAP. Absolutely. No, I, I think you hit it on the, the hit the nail on the head is just making sure that your uh, desires are made known uh, and that, you know, it's clear and you're not just hoping and, uh, that one day he's going to show up with a ring and propose. <laughs> like the genie in the lamp. Yeah, yeah. But kind of setting expectations. Also think you always kind of want to date with intentionality and just kind of knowing, okay, what am I getting from this relationship? What does this relationship mean? What are we becoming together? 
uh, because, in, you know, in, in building a marriage and building a relationship, it comes down to, OK, what are we going to come together and do? And so in relationship, uh, what are we becoming together if you're not married and you have a desire to be married? Then obviously you don't want to continue in an experiment in frustration by just hoping and wishing that this marriage conversation comes up. I love your word being intentional, you mm. know, and this isn't necessarily helpful to this particular listener, but when you're dating and you're ready for marriage, right? It's one thing to be young and free and just kind of doing your thing. You're not even thinking about settling down. That's one thing. But when you have decided that you want to be in a committed relationship you're ready for partnership, that you then become strategic and intentional about how you date and engage, you know, future relationships that, you know, you have a couple of conversations and you know if those conversations are worth moving on to coffee or lunch, sure, right? Right. And you have coffee and lunch and that tells you if you need to move on to dinner or not. Right. Like, do not waste your time. Right on interactions with people that aren't worth your time mm. or your energy, like time and energy go together. And, you know, it's important that you like cut that stuff off. A lot of times guys and girls waste their time on the superficial and energy on stuff that's not going anywhere. There's not a connection like mm. this isn't someone you would be friends with, but you're dating them because of the possibility of the genie and the lamp thing. And that is just not how it happens. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. So I don't have a time period necessarily for how long you wait. I definitely recommend just having the conversation. And so, you know, when you guys write in, it's helpful if you give us more detail. So the more detail you give us, the better able we are to kind of speak to the specifics. But, you know, in this case, I'm just not sure, you know, what the scenario is. I'm curious about, you know, what's happened in those four years, what the goals are, what the vision is. I think the our model still works, right? Mm -hmm. So the models before you get married or the elements that matter are shared vision and values, emotional well-being and strong self-image and the finances. Like those three key elements are the ones that you're looking for in particular. So I would say kind of where are those with you and are those areas with him? If they're not in place, it's not time to get married no matter how long it's been mm. because it's going to carry over and harm the relationship and chances are it won't work. But if those things are in place, then just start having the conversation and figure out what the issue is. And if there's a barrier there, get into some pre-marriage counseling or communication. And if it's not going anywhere, cut that puppy and keep it moving. Cut that puppy and keep it moving. <laughs> uh, but at the, at the end of the day, it all keeps coming back. I keep hearing this one word, communication. Yep. And the second word is conversation. It has to be dialogue. You have to talk about it. Uh, your desires must be made known. Yeah, I love it. So we are going to call it a show, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We are having a ball, but we are still new. So your feedback makes all the difference in terms of where we go. If you're loving the show, will you please do us a favor? Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and don't keep it to yourself. Help us spread the word. Share it with a friend. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. All right. See you. Bye. This is Life, Love and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, 
and the foundation for successful marriages. Connect with us. Find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved. Visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.